listening to Vet Candy. So I would like to issue a trigger warning for today's episode. Um, Today's episode does deal a lot with pet loss and body care. So if that's not your thing, if you're not in an emotional place where you can really talk about that, that's okay. Skip this one. And I'm still here for you next week. Hi, I'm Caitlin Palmer. Thanks for joining me today. This is the Desk Winch Confessions. Let me tell you a little bit about myself. I'm Caitlin Palmer, aka The Desk Winch. A desk winch is a profession very similar to a veterinary receptionist, only better. We deal with not only fractious felines and cranky canines, oh no. We overcome their human equivalents as well, Karen and Chad. On my show, we validate vets and support staff, and any of you other amazing, beautiful folks listening, in honor of Valentine's Day, I am so excited to introduce you with today's guest. Today's guest is a personal favorite of mine. I'm beyond excited to introduce you to my one and only, the bacon to my eggs, the joker to my Harley Quinn, oh, except not really, <laughs> my husband, the cat's whiskers himself, Clay Palmer. Welcome to my show. I guess where I say uh, it's great to be here. Is it great to be here? Yeah. (laughs) Well, um, it's a little weird. I thought we would just be sitting like face to face while we did this, but your producer said that I had to be an interesting person from an interesting place. So they flew me all the way out to Antarctica. So this is a little weird for me, but uh, I'll try my best. Yeah. Do you have snow there? Because in Mississippi, it's hot as hell. No, it's not snowing. In Antarctica? Yeah, it's the weirdest thing. That's strange as shit. So, tell me about yourself, which I already know everything about you because, like, I'm your better half, but our listeners don't know, so you actually gave me the title of The Desk Winch. Right. You want to tell us how that came to be? I actually kind of don't remember. Wow. Okay. <laughs> so, what had happened was there was somebody who had a pug, and they were looking to rehome this pug, and... I sent a selfie of myself holding this dog to my beloved husband, to which he replied, no. And then he said, get back to work, desk wench. Okay, that sounds right. Yeah, that's what happened. And it was really super funny, and my manager loved it, and it just kind of took off from there, and I became the desk wench. I invented your whole profession. You invented my whole profession. Your personality, all of it is a construct of my doing. Yes, as it as it is. I mean, that's... I mean, that's what God gave us husbands for, is to make us better, right? Sure. (laughs) (laughs) So you also work with animals, but you don't work with them in quite the same way that I do. Yeah, so originally you had this idea of me doing the podcast with you, and you wanted to time it for Halloween, which I felt maybe was a little in bad taste. Wow. (laughs) I'm sorry. Just, you know... Could have, could have struck a wrong chord, I guess. But, yeah, I work in um, pet aftercare, uh, doing cremations. Yeah, so, you know, when, when a pet passes away, if you bring it to your vet clinic or to a crematory, however you handle that, your company works with vet clinics mostly. We have people that, uh, we call them walk-ins, uh, locals that bring them directly to us, but we also pick up from clinics all around. I actually travel... Three states over, I end up driving sometimes 500 miles a day, picking up from clinics and bringing back to us. So Yeah. 
they take care of them, do the cremations, and then return them to the clinic. Or if it's a walk-in, if a person just brings you a pet, they would come and pick them up, right? Right, yeah, and we just call them when they're finished and ready to go. Sure. So tell us what actually happens when a pet is cremated, because a lot of times people will come in and say, there's no way this is my dog. It's just this little tiny bit of ashes. That was a 90-pound dog. I mean... Can you kind of tell us what happens when a pet's cremated? The, the problem with that specifically is that people confuse the weight of the pet with the weight of the ashes. It doesn't matter how fat your dog is. There, none of that is left. Um, the only thing that is left is the bones. So it comes down to bone mass is, is how much the, uh, the ashes are going to weigh. And it's, um, it's not actually ashes. The bones don't burn into ash. We actually grind them up into bone dust. Right. So what uh, I know the ones I've seen, it's it's kind of strange if you have a, a cremated pet or if you've seen cremains, it almost looks like kitty litter, doesn't it? Or like sand, it's kind of pebbly because it's it's not like powderized. It's just right. it's just grinded up. So typically you only get maybe six or eight ounces worth of ashes back and that's on like a you know, medium sized dog. You know, a cat's only gonna be a few ounces itself, you know, anything like a bird or a pet lizard is virtually nothing that y- sure. you get back. It's uh, half the time we don't even have to grind those up. They're actually so. So when a pet comes out of the cremation chamber, they're not, so they don't come out of a pile of ashes. They come out right, some as, ashes, as some bones. bones. Yeah, right. the, the bone does break apart after being um, in that, that high of a temperature. It's bones. Sure. <laughs> We'll be right back with more Vet Candy. Hey, this is Dr. Julio Alonso. Do you want to keep up with everything Vet Med? Then check out my show on Vet Candy TV. We talk about clinical updates, science news, plus some of the coolest people in our profession. Stream at My Vet Candy 24-7 on YouTube, iTunes, and most other video platforms. Yeah, it's, it's real interesting, and this is really good, anybody that works in pet care, to understand aftercare, because I feel like it's kind of a taboo subject that we don't really like talking about it, we don't like thinking about it, but it's comforting. I know when people come to the clinic to pick up their ashes, it is so comforting for them to know my husband works there. He loves animals, too, except that pug he didn't let me have. And, and so you know your baby's being taken care of even when... There's nothing left but yeah, that to do for them. And there's a lot of sort of like dirty rumors. We only see people when they're at their most upset. You sure. know, nobody's having a good day when they come to us. Right. So we get a lot of, you know, doubt and that kind of thing. You know, is this actually my pet? We actually follow uh, pretty closely to what human crematories do. When we take in a pet, whether we pick it up from a clinic or someone walks in, we assign it an RFID tag number. Uh, that we actually scan every step of the way so we can tell when something was moved from one uh, step of the process to the next. It timestamps it down to the minute. In our system, we can actually see when a pet was input, if we're picking up from a clinic, when it was picked up, when it got back to our shop, when it went into cold storage, when it went into special services, uh, you know, when it went into cremation, processing, packaging, stage for return, returned, all of it, every step. We also assigned them metal ID tag numbers. 
which is something that human crematories do because once a pet uh, is at this stage of cremation, you can't tell who they are anymore. Right. Bones look like bones. So these metal ID tags stay with them from that point on. Anything that we return, if you were to open up the urn, you would see the ashes um, in a bag and tied around that bag is this metal ID number. Uh, So we've actually had people, you know, who doubted it was their pet. So they called us and we told them, okay, well, this is the ID number we have on file. If you open up your urn and read it, just make sure it matches. You know, it does. Everything's very step-by-step, one at a time. It's not, you know, like an assembly line. Every pet is done one at a time. Now, we have a five-chamber cremation unit. Um, They're five separate chambers. So the pet never goes in with anyone else. Now, this is if you do private cremation. Right, yes. If you're doing a communal cremation, that's where you don't want the ashes uh, returned. Some places call it body disposal, but I feel that kind of... That's that's so sad. Yeah, it's. I don't really like thinking of it that way. It's, um, you know, some people just don't want the ashes back. That's sure. them. Everybody grieves in their own way. You know, yeah. somebody might want something, somebody else doesn't. I mean, especially in the cases of like those... 200-pound dogs, you know, that's a awfully big hole to have to dig. Sure. It's certainly a lot easier for us to cremate than it is right. to... Right. And if someone lives in an apartment... There's always that. Or if they... With the private cremations, a lot of time, you know, people are thinking about moving and that kind of thing, and they don't want to leave them behind. So, right. it's a way that they can take them with. And we've got um, burial urns. Mm-hmm. Um, they're made out of uh, recycled paper and uh, plant seeds, actually. Mm-hmm. And you can put the ashes in there and... Whenever you get to a place that you want to bury your pet, you can, and it actually sprouts a little wildflower garden out of that. Oh, gosh. And you guys, each and every one comes with a bookmark with plantable forget-me-nots, which, if that doesn't make you want to cry. Yeah, mashed into a little heart. Yeah, mashed into a little heart, and you can plant it. It's a plantable bookmark, and it's got the Rainbow Bridge on it, like the Rainbow Bridge poem. I still, I've been in vet med 13 years. I can't read that poem. I will cry. Yeah, when we have walk-ins, we tell them not to read the certificate or the bookmark until they in their car. They may want to be alone for that one. Sure. So. Oh, gosh. Somebody, I don't know what was going on today at the clinic, but we were so busy. Just as in the phones wouldn't stop ringing, people kept coming in. And somebody came in and they tell us, hey, I'm here to pick up Tiny. And we're like, oh, 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 okay. Yeah, <laughs> I imagine that's... That's probably a problem because people don't want to kind of be specific about it. Right. And there were other people. So, yeah. And I only put two and two together because the poor girl was crying. And I was like, oh, gosh, okay, I'm sorry. But, yeah, they'll they'll come in and, hey, I'm here to pick up my pet. It's like, okay, what's your last name? And it's like, oh, oh, shit, I'm sorry. Yeah. I mean, when they come to pick up from us, we... We know what they're there for. Right, right. But I imagine for y'all, that can be a bit misleading at first and maybe lead to you maybe not being quite as sensitive as you should be about the matter. You know, sure. Y'all are probably happy. It's like, oh, yeah, of course. And then it's like, oh, wait. I am so sorry. (laughs) And yeah, and and we laugh about it and and not out of disrespect. You know, I, I respect everybody grieves differently and that's okay but in our field and anybody who works in vet care or in pet aftercare even you know you kind of have to have a little bit of a morbid sense of humor otherwise you you can't speaking of morbid senses of humor clay why don't you tell us about anakin oh no okay first of all 
you do have to have a morbid sense of humor working around people's dead pets all day. There's a sort of line, I guess, that you don't cross with being disrespectful. Oh, sure. Yeah, no, we're talking about, like, humor not being, yeah. No, yeah. No. People name their pets all kinds of things, and sometimes they're really funny. We had a dog come in uh, yesterday whose name was My Duty, and we kind of laughed about that name all day. Well, My Duty. My Duty? Yeah, My Duty. How'd they spell I, I had Duty? To, D-O-O-D-Y. Duty. Duty. Yeah, I love that. Like poop. I love um, that. I had to engrave that on a nameplate, and <laughs> I got a huge kick out of that. You know, and it, it's nothing disrespectful, you know, towards the animal. Oh, I, no, I, I take of course. A, I take a lot of pride in my work, and I'm usually the person training anybody new, and I, I drill that into them, too. You know, you respect the pet. Sure. You know, I, Somebody loved that baby right. so much. I, I, a little weird, but I kind of treat the animals like they're still alive. Sure. You know, if I bump them on something, I apologize. To <laughs> I do that too. <laughs> Poor dog. You know, I talk to them. Honestly, when it's during the summertime and it gets very hot back there next to the uh, ovens, uh, I'll go and sit in the walk-in cooler that we have just kind of amongst all the animals. And <laughs> Hey, guys. Yeah, it doesn't bother me anymore. You know, I've been doing this for years now and um, it's, uh, it's important to remember, you know, it's just like in any other job, that requires compassion, there's compassion fatigue. Anything that happens, you know, it's obviously not the dog's fault, and they can't be responsible for anything at that point anymore. Right. So, But talking back about the names, yeah, we had a dog named Anakin. Yeah, maybe the owners would have appreciated this. I think I would have loved it. Uh, but I was about to load Anakin into Chamber 3, and I couldn't help myself. I looked down at him, and I said, it's over, Anakin. And I loaded them in. That's great. <laughs> it's a little messed up, but uh, it kept me going for the day anyway. Well, you know, we've had a we had a cat named Mr. President, <laughs> and um, when I was putting him in the chamber, I played taps on my phone and saluted as I was lowering the door and <laughs> little things like that. We we get a lot of weird names. Of course, we still get the stereotypical Bellas. Uh, always about fifteen a week, it seems. Fifteen a day at our place. Yeah, yeah. lots of Bellas and. 90-pound labs named Gunner and yes, plenty of them. Sometimes we do a little bit more for people than we should. I mean, we are still a business, but, you right. know, sometimes it, it, every story is a, a sob story at, oh, you know, of at a crematory. There's no happy stories, really. You know, so we'll sometimes we end up kind of throwing in an extra service or something somewhere. Sure, a little pop Sometimes or... people can't afford it and, you know, it, just do it. It kind of help people out. Everybody does that. Yeah. Everybody I remember that, that this old couple came in and this was like a terrible day where I was by myself. And, this and you old, have busy days. It doesn't I, yeah, seem like that would be a busy place, but sometimes you're busy. You know, I just went to my stop this Monday and I picked up 34 that have to go back for Thursday. Sure. And you uh, can only and do today's that Tuesday. So yeah, yeah. Yeah. I can only do so many at a time. That, that's something I would never do is, uh, you know, try to skip corners with that kind of Absolutely thing. Either not. it gets done or it doesn't. There's no... When when you get a pet privately cremated, that is your pet. That is just your pet. Absolutely. I would never give somebody just someone else's ashes back. I, That's so You know, we, we have pets ourselves, and obviously I know what I would do right. to somebody who tried to do that to us. But this this poor old couple came in, and they were both on disability, you know. Oh. They, so I told them they didn't have to pay right away to... Just come back when, you know, when they get paid the first month or whatever it was, their social security comes in. We did like an extra, we did a free ink paw print for them just because they wanted something, but they just couldn't afford it. Sure. And they wanted her, it was a 
little uh, wiener dog. Oh. And they wanted her cremated with this rose. So, yeah. It's going to make me cry. Oh, my God. <laughs> well, I haven't even got to the cry part yet. Uh, oh, while Jesus. While I'm back there uh, loading her in, I think her name was Bella. Uh, of course. Yeah. Good, about 90% chance her name was Bella. You know, I I loaded her into the chamber, and I actually sang "Red as the Rose" to her. Oh no! Yeah, oh, no. <laughs> yeah well. If you haven't, if you haven't heard that song, go listen to it because I I have to be sad. So do you. Okay, so my next point, which now does not feel valid, <laughs> I was gonna say, in a way, I would imagine your job is a little easier than ours, only because <laughs> by the time you get them, it's done. You know, there is not the... You would think, but we have our fair share of Karens and Chads. I was going to say Charons and Cads, but that ain't quite right. I mean, hey. <laughs> we, uh, we we get some people. It's hard to sort of, I guess, stay mad at them because you understand. You know, that oh, sure. People are yeah, no, people that are grieving, they kind of get a little bit of a free pass for me most yeah, of the time. So actually, the, which brings me to this point, who we do get uh, upset with... This is where it was going to fit into the Halloween theme here. This is where they would, the Karens and Chads we deal with are at the vet clinics. No! <laughs> Today's podcast is directed by M. Night Shyamalan. <laughs> what a twist. What a twist. Yeah. We end up dealing with our clients, which are sure. the, the Which vet are clinics. our clients too, yeah. Yeah. We end up dealing with y'all more than the customer sure. when, when they come through there. Every now and then there'll be a problem that circumvents us having to talk to the um to the pet owner directly, but usually we talk with y'all and y'all are the intermediary between us and the the pet owners. So when there's a problem, we have to deal with y'all. We'll be right back with more Vet Candy. Hey, this is Dr. Quincy Hawley, and I'm here to tell you about a new show. It's Vet Candy Rounds with the Hawleys. That's right, Dr. Tierra, the love of my life, and I have teamed up to bring you the most fascinating cases in the world. Check us out on iTunes, Spotify, or a podcast platform of your choice, only on Vet Candy Radio. And then we tell the owner, you guys, the crematory messed up. We are so sorry. We'll take the heat for it sometimes. All puns intended. All puns intended. Um, bam, 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 bam. <laughs> a lot of times what I oh, I get, and it's, I don't know. It, I, I kick the can and everything, and I, I nag while I'm riding around in my truck. But at the end of the day, I don't really care. You know, we'll, we'll go and say get a 180-pound dog out of the cooler, and I'll have a vet tech or a kennel person just watching me. Probably can't help anyway. Half the time, they're only about 100 pounds themselves. But you could at least offer to open the door. Yeah, can I get the door for you? No, they'll just watch me. They'll watch me pick up the dog by myself and open the door by myself and close it by myself. To be fair, not with, like, deceased pets specifically, but, like, you're hot. So I get, like, just watching you. Who watched you? I need to find them. (laughs) I had one guy that was just absolutely, uh, you would think that it, He'd never touched an animal before the way he didn't want to help me in any sort of conceivable way. It was like some people 220 just don't pounds. Do death, I was trying to pick it up by myself and it was just there was no way. Stuck in the bottom of the the deep freezer. 
And once they're frozen, they're frozen. They're frozen in whatever shape or position they're in. And I try to be, I guess, as delicate as their weight will allow. Oh, sure. You know, I'm not, but I'm not by any means throwing a pet anywhere. But I sometimes when I go to set them down, say in the back of my truck, it's not as soft as I would like it to be. Right. I can usually get around that if someone's helping me, though. Mm-hmm. I, you know, and ever since you told me that, now anytime somebody comes to our clinic, which my husband is not allowed to come to our clinic because, like, it's a conflict of interest or some, something stupid. No, like it's not. That. I just don't come here. Wow. <laughs> I got my own route, and it takes me far to the east. Anyway, anytime someone comes to our clinic, I'm always, can I help you? And I'm like, I'm in the way and I drop things and I'm not, I'm not the one, but I offered, bye. It's the thought that counts. It's the thought that counts. I I had this one poor girl. She was, (laughs) she was so opposed to helping me. She would poke around the uh, door frame and saw that I was still loading pets and then would like frantically, like panickedly, like turn around and walk back until and try again. And I was like, she's really just not even going to come out here and even pretend, I guess. So. But you know, some people just can't handle death. Like some people that really freaks them out. We were talking about that today, even with people, you know, some people just can't do funerals or they just can't deal with it. Yeah, it's um, it's a sort of thin line. It's hard for us to hire people because yeah, you want somebody that cares enough about the pet that they're going to do a good job even when no one's looking, but someone who doesn't care so much about the pet that they can't do the job. Sure. You know? So we need somebody in in the middle. It takes a special person. Yeah. It really does. And then there's the physical capabilities of it. Right. Um, so it, it is really hard for us to, when when we lose somebody for one reason or another, it is really hard for us to find a replacement. You know, it can be really hard work. I'm not going to call it hard work. I've obviously done some pretty rough stuff in the past, pretty easy comparatively as far as like physical labor goes. It's a lot of hurry up and wait. It takes approximately how long do you would you say it takes for a, a maybe a small dog or a cat versus a, a big old mastiff or dog? Well, there's a lot of other questions that go into that. What time of day it is? What's the temperature outside? That kind of thing. When it's cold, say Monday morning, we come in from being closed all weekend, the ovens take a really long time to heat back up. Oh, I never thought of that. Yeah, yeah. they got to preheat. So, well, not really so much preheat, but it just takes them a while to get hot enough to fully cremate the pet. Sure. It has to get incredibly hot to totally cremate 100% of the pet. Our ovens run at around 1,680 degrees. And that's not to say that they don't spike up to 2,000. It takes a little while for it to get quite that hot. Sure. Does it smell bad? Do you smell it? You know, a lot of people wonder about that. It really doesn't. Unless we pick up a pet that either the owner dug up and wanted cremated, which that's always awful, or a pet that had been at home for a couple of days before they brought it in, that kind of thing. Something that's good and ripe. Right, but everything goes into cold storage, you know, either at the hospital or at our place. So it's never really sitting around, you know, rotting. That's not something we want. You know, we we want it clean back there to to at least not smell bad. So the, the smell's not really... A problem, except in the cases where it is a problem. Right. But we I usually... I mean, same at a vet clinic. Some things just stink, but you do your best and right. you take good care you of know, them. You know, death isn't pretty. Sure. You know, we get people that come in talking about, back to the wiener dog people, the the lady was the one who was caring for the dog pretty much the whole time. Um, she actually didn't even want to set her down on our, our table. She wanted to hold her. She's wrapped up in a towel. 
But, you know, they put her in their freezer at home. We've had people do for that overnight before. before they could bring her to us. And it's one of those things you want to say your goodbyes before that point. Yeah. Because once, they, once they're frozen, they're just... They don't look the same. Right. You know, and the husband still wanted to see her before we went. I mean, he just broke down, you know, when he, he opened up the towel. Anytime someone, sometimes I've had to pick up and, you know, there might be a text pet or something, an employee pet. Right. And they'll kind of want to run out to say goodbye one last time. And I always try to talk them out of it. You, you're in this, you know, kind of what it looks like. It's, but now it's your pet. It's different when it's yeah. your pet. It really, truly is. And, you know, this is how wonderful this man is, in case y'all couldn't tell, because I'm honestly crazy about him. And I'm also just crazy. But uh, when we lost our clinic cat unexpectedly, he stopped here on his way to work to pick up our clinic cat. And we were all, I mean, we see the worst of the worst all day, every day, twice on the weekend. And when it was our cat, our clinic cat, it was still, it was like, oh my gosh, I understand. Ma'am. It's, that's always sad. And, you know, and, and I get to know the clinic cats half the time. Anyway, not even necessarily here, but at other, you oh, know. yeah. And they're sitting here or there, and I pet them on my way in or out, that kind Clay of thing. I loves cats, you guys. So when one of them passes, you know, I'm sad about it, too. Yes. So it's like, oh, no, you know, Maybe Munch isn't here bit. anymore. No! <laughs> and, and you've, unfortunately, cremated a lot of our pets, too. Yeah, I've had to cremate our pets. Some people have said, like, I don't know how you do it. And it's yeah. like, well. If I'm doing it, I know that it's done right. It's done right. So I felt better. Not that I don't trust anybody I work oh, with, sure. but you know, there's a piece in that. I I get to send them off. It, it's it's a morbid joke at our house. It's like you can either come to to work with me or you can go to work with your dad. Either way, you get to come <laughs> home. <laughs> so, but it's it's so comforting. And thank you for what you do because it is such a comfort knowing that. Our babies, even after they're gone, are being cared for, are loved, are still treated like they're pets. They're not just nasty things. That's still somebody's best friend. And that's, like I said, when I'm training somebody new, I drill that in their head. If they don't get that, then right. they're not going to continue to work with me. No. I'm not, I'm not going to work with somebody who's not going to value or respect that pet. We're a specialist service. You know, we're, we're not you know, fast food or something that's mass produced. Right. You know, this is something that you take care in doing. You take pride in it, like you said. I mean, that's important. We'll be right back with more Vet Candy. Vet Candy IRL is an exciting podcast from the hearts, minds, and mouths of Shannon Gregoire, Tatiana Rogers, and Lexi Rodriguez. The show celebrates inspirational role models and focuses on empowerment and equality. Check it out on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and more. I can't believe you spent another 12 and a half minutes ranting about how great I was. I know. And look, I mean, we're even recording this time. They missed the first 12 minutes. Like, that was intense. 
intense. So back to my question that you sidetracked from so rudely, approximately how long does it take, oh, say, yeah. a small cat um, or dog versus a big dog? So once once the ovens are going, if it's a small pet, uh, specifically like a cat, just under an hour. If it's a very large dog, it can take a little bit longer than that. But typically, it's about the same time. Um, <laughs> this is terrible, but I used to fry cook, and the idea was to get everything out at the same time. So right. you started cooking the things that would take longer first and then worked your way down. That way everything got done at relatively the same time. It's the same way with the five chambers. <laughs> I start the with the big ones and then and load my way down. That way everybody is done at the same time. Uh, that way the ovens stay hot uh, because if they're, if they cool down too much, right, it darkens the ashes really badly. Mm-hmm. And it, I don't know, maybe it's just a personal thing with me, but, Somebody I worked with, uh, Jess, she does the paw prints. She's like, I like when you do cremating because the ashes come out uh, pretty all the time. Uh-huh. And I said, that's weird, but, <laughs> <He's> <laughs> that's like, but I weird, get it. But I am okay. doing it on purpose. So, I mean, I weird guess there's flex, something but okay. to it. Well, it's true. I mean, you, you want them. You picture like these pretty fluffy ashes, not gravelly. Yeah, yeah. Which, and most people don't open them. Most people don't look, open but, them. But we do have people that open them. I, I did. I we we get some crazy people. Yes, yes. Try, tell us, tell us, Karen to, and Chad. Try stories. to still be respectful as oh, much as I can. But man, some people are weird. Um, <laughs> we had this one woman who insisted that the ashes smelled like death. That's just not. <laughs> that's. I remember her. That's just that was not, our clinic. Yeah, that, it's just not true. There's no smell to the ashes. Smell insinuates that there is living bacteria and there is nothing organic. There's not even DNA in ashes There, there is anymore. nothing left. It is bone dust. Right. It is basically just calcium. Yes. So there is no smell to them. So she wanted us to, I guess, redo them. So we took the ashes back. Uh, we did. We put the ashes in a chamber and just kind of recremated them and packed them back up. And she, of course, said that they still smelled like death. It, it was, was kind that of like cedar a cedar box. It was the cedar box they were in. But that doesn't smell like but death. But it doesn't smell like yeah. death. It just <laughs> smells like a cedar box. Because she brought them. She brought them to the clinic. Yeah, there, there was kind of a joke like maybe we should grind up some potpourri in there. <gasps> yes, yes. Well, she brought, look, guys, she brought these ashes to the clinic that I worked at. She doesn't know my husband works there. And she's like, you know, smell this. It smells like a dead animal. And I'm like, it smells like a cedar box. I mean, cedar does kind of, I mean, I don't love the way cedar smells. It has a unique would smell, sure. Yeah. But, but I was like, the ashes themselves don't... But I'm quite familiar with the smell of death, and cedar does not smell anything no. like death. So, you know, we had her. We had another person who... I, I get wanting to spend, you know, just a little bit more time with your pet, sure. even after they're dead. That's why if I stop and someone's in the middle of a euthanasia, I'll wait around, but I'm not going to rush anybody. Um, and you also have a time... You have other clinics you have to Yeah, I, to I am on a time and... limit. So I, I, I do what I can. Right. You know, but... um. There, we had this woman who kept her deceased dog in the bed with her for over eight days. Shut up. Before she brought it. Yes. Eight days? Eight days. We were talking to the woman's uh, sister because she was trying to get us to convince her sister to bring the pet in. Uh, but it's like, you know, what, what can we do? You know, we can talk to her and try to help her through. You know, Miss Linda is our office manager and she's actually certified in uh, grief counseling. That's awesome. Yeah, no, she's got a bunch of certificates. Uh, her and Cody, the the previous owners, you know, both certified grief counselors, you know, tried tried talking this woman. Eventually got the dog in, but it had been eight days by this point. That's not healthy. No, no. I don't know how she did it because you talk about the smell. That was one that 
smelled particularly bad. And they leak and they bloat and... Again, death is not pretty. No. It's not like in the movies. It's natural. It's the inevitability of something. Uh, you know, it will happen. And there's a beauty in it, but it itself is not particularly beautiful. Sure. Yeah. So speaking of beautiful, how did you meet me? You want me to tell the real way how we met or? No. <laughs> well, we were each other's rebounds, so. We were. We really were. Okay, we, so sorry. This is like a total, we, 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 did our, we did our sad professional stuff. Now we're going to talk about Valentine's Day because you <laughs> light up my heart. All puns intended. So we got together in high school. Yes, we're each other's high school sweethearts. We had like a 50% chance of making it through the first couple of years of marriage, according to all science and data. Everybody was, and when we got married, I had to be pregnant. You know, that's the only reason anyone ever gets <laughs> married is she's pregnant. And I'm like, I'm not pregnant, and I'm still not pregnant. So <laughs> Sometimes you just know what you want to do. Sometimes you just know. And it was, we were each other's rebound. We both got dumped Right before Valentine's Day. Yeah. Yeah, actually. Because we had, I guess, officially started dating when I asked you to the... I asked you to the Sadie Hawkins, even though you were supposed to ask me. Yeah, I'm shy. (laughs) (laughs) So, actually, one of my friends... Well, I thought she was my friend. She wasn't. Yeah, it turns out. Turns out she wasn't my friend. It was very sad. But she had a crush on you. Yeah. And it was not reciprocated. It was not. At all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was it was not reciprocated. Uh I didn't exactly hide that. He was mean to her. I was not mean to her. You weren't mean, but you were like obviously like, I was mean to her after what she did to you. But. Yeah, yeah. Well, we'll we'll get to that story too, everybody. Don't worry. <laughs> we got some tea and we're here to pour it. Yeah, she had you talk to me for one reason or another, and we actually hit it off. Yeah, she was like, that's that guy I like. And I was like, okay. And you made a very disgusting joke at yeah, the lunch it's in, table. it's incredibly vulgar, which she thought was hilarious. And wanted, she did. wanted you to hear the joke, and I was just like, I can look at her and tell she's not going to like this joke. Yeah, I was a very good girl in high school. Very like a, Catholic. I was very, very Catholic. I was a very good girl. <laughs> and then I met Clay Palmer. Yeah. Anyone I'm, who knows Clay Palmer is like, yeah, it makes sense. Even our teachers, when you would tell them that you had married me, were just like, what? Yes, just, re- well, I say recently, it's been a couple of years ago, somebody came to the, the clinic and I checked him in and I said, oh, hey, you know, how are you? Um, You know, I don't know if you remember me, you know, my name's Caitlin Palmer. Oh, it's Palmer now, it used to be Burns. They're like, oh, yeah, I remember you. And I'm like, yeah, um, you, you know who I married, right? And they're like, no, who'd you marry? I said, remember Clay Palmer? They're like, no. <laughs> the teacher you're talking about, I did give her a special kind of hell. Yes. Okay. So, little side note: Tell us what you did. Oh, what thing exactly? Because I did a lot of things. <laughs> he did a lot of things. Oh, and fun fact: Clay knew Doctor McExtra before he was Doctor McExtra. That's true. We got into a lot of trouble together. They did. When I had my interview at this clinic, he walked <laughs> in, and I said, "You know, I feel like I should tell you up front: I'm Clay Palmer's wife." And he's like, "Oh no." Yeah. Now you knew all the dirt. And do all the dirt. He couldn't keep that professional persona going. Ah, uh, we don't do that at our clinic. But Clay would always push this teacher, and she was a really cool teacher. And Clay would push her to her limits. 
I got away with a lot of things. He did because, because to cover his own ass, one of your teachers told the principal that he thought you had Tourette's. That's true. And he took advantage of it every chance he got. I didn't take advantage of it. Bullshit. It did get me out of uh, trouble twice. Pretty big trouble twice. Pretty big trouble. Yeah. So back to how you met me. We were at the lunch table and Clay told this disgusting joke and I was disgusted because I was a really, really good girl. That was disgusting. You don't talk like that. That's gross. I mean, a lot has changed, obviously, anybody who's listened to my past episodes. Then my friend was like, you need to talk to him. And this is back in the day of Yahoo Instant Messenger. That's how old we are. (laughs) And we got on Yahoo Instant Messenger. And I was like, hey, you're Clay Palmer from school. And he's like, who are you? And I'm like, hey, I like your avatar. Is that Squall from Final Fantasy VIII? (laughs) And you're like, you know Final Fantasy VIII? I'm like, you know Final Fantasy VIII? And then we started talking. Then I made you watch YouTube videos. He did. Yeah, and that was the basis for our relationship. It was. It was. <laughs> Everyone look up Naruto and the pubic hair. Oh, God, no, don't. There's no way that video has aged well. I hope. Oh, you know what? It probably has. But it was so funny back in the day. Clay asked me out, and he asked me out over at Yahoo Instant Messenger. Now, we had both just got dumped a couple of weeks before. We were both with, like, our dream people in high school, right? Like, oh, I had the biggest crush on this guy. Clay had the biggest crush on this girl. And, like, I had my first kiss. Clay had his first kiss a long time ago because he was a slut. (laughs) So it was heart-wrenching because it was like, I mean, you get dumped, and that's already bad enough, but it's like you get dumped by, like, your dream person. Just before Valentine's Day. Right before Valentine's Day. And I was so excited because it was going to be the first Valentine's Day I'd had a boyfriend. Oh, you're buying me something good for dinner tonight. But uh, so we started talking. He was like, I'm heartbroken. I'm like, I'm also heartbroken. And he's like, I like Final Fantasy. I'm like, I too like Final Fantasy. And then I found out that you originally wanted to be a vet. You had done like some little volunteer stuff at Dr. Dean's office. If you remember Dr. Dean from like episode three, I don't know what episode that was. But yeah, you you know Dr. Dean too. Yeah, I think it was the vet that we went to anyway, but. I ended up talking with him about doing volunteer work. Oh, he's to, an awesome doctor, yeah. To to get the sort of, you had to do so much volunteer work to get into sure. vet school. So I was working on that, working a, a couple of summers out at his place during, you know, summer break in between school and that kind of thing. Didn't work out quite so well. I still wanted to do something with animals, though. I just didn't know, I guess, what I could do. You know, and I eventually would work at a animal shelter where I was just kind of the handyman. Right. Um, you fixed cages and stuff. Right. But while I was fixing cages, I got to keep the dogs in there with me and, you know, try to do that and play with the dogs at the same time. And and now I've got this job, of mm-hmm. course. Uh, there were definitely some more jobs in between there. But, you know, here I am now, which you knew the previous owners, you mm-hmm. know, pretty well before. And um, I liked them. They were great people. So. Oh, the best people. Moment of silence for the best people. <laughs> They're not dead. They're not dead. <laughs> we just wish they were still here, but they moved. Yeah, they got they got transferred. There was a another one of we got bought out by a big company, but they wanted everybody to still be their own sort of thing. Sure. You know, they, well, we we've got customers that have been coming to Cody and Linda for twenty years now. You yes. Know? You know, they opened this place up by themselves two decades ago. It was their private business before right. before they sold to corporate because so, it was kind of to the point that. That's what you wanted to do if you wanted to keep your business, you know? Yeah. Well, which I mean, which corporate was cool about yeah. it because they, they're just like, here. And it's a great company. Here are resources. Sure. Use those, but keep running it like how you've been running it. Right. Because 
it's obviously successful. There's no reason for us to change anything. Sure. Because they're so good at what they do, they got moved to another uh, property to help dig them out of a hole. So Oh, they have to go where they're needed. Yeah, they had to go and, and fix them up, so. Yes. So back to how you met me. We're just going to keep going back to that. We're just going to keep coming back because it's Valentine's Day and we need to talk about <laughs> Valentine's stuff. Speaking of which, one of um, one of my favorite people has a dog named Valentine and I saw her on Facebook the other day. I was like, oh my gosh. And then she also lives in a state where you pick up and I was like, oh, Clay's probably going to cremate Valentine. And then I was sad. Oh, well, I haven't seen a Valentine, so maybe not. That's good. That's good. That's good. So what did you think of me when we first met? Um, I didn't know what to think of you when we first met. Oh, wow. <laughs> I thought you were disgusting. That's fair. Yeah. Especially I still after... think you're disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> after the joke I told, I, I don't think I would have expected anything else. Uh, I only told you that joke because I was like, I'll probably never see this person again anyway. Yeah. So. He then told me I have a weird looking nose, which isn't wrong. <laughs> that was... Well over 20 years ago. Elephants never forget. Wow. But we started talking on Instant Messenger, and you asked me out over Yahoo Instant Messenger. And I was we, like... We, that was the weird thing, is that we would see each other at school. We would not talk to each we other. We wouldn't. It was weird. It was like, don't look at him. Don't look at him. And I... Okay, so back to my friend, because I know right now it sounds like, oh my gosh, your friend had a crush on him. What the fuck? <laughs> okay, here's what had happened. This girl had a crush on a different dude every 30 minutes. And like every single dude she had a crush on, she was going to get married and they were going to have five kids. Yeah. I, 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 yeah. Like every that. single one. So a few weeks after, the, you know, the initial disgusting joke, I was, I told her, I went to her and I said, you know, I really, I have a crush on that guy, but I, I don't want to hurt you. And if you don't want me to date him, I won't. She said, girl, I'm so over that. I don't even care. And even I talked to her. Yeah, you did. And then shortly after that, she got so upset, she pretended to be you and sent me a message saying that we needed to break up. Yeah, <laughs> she did. On my birthday. On your birthday, even. On my birthday. It was very upsetting. Clay called me and he said, hey, did you send me a message? This is back in the day of MySpace. Remember MySpace? Damn, we're so old. We're really showing our age. But he, I, he says, did you send me a message? I said, oh, yeah, I sent you a picture of blah, 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 or whatever I had sent, actually sent you. He said, okay, but you didn't break up with me. I was like, no. He's like, okay. Yeah, I was like, okay, cool. Uh, it was just somebody else. And, uh, I didn't think it was you anyway. We had spent so much time talking on Yahoo Instant Messenger. I knew what your, not really handwriting, is like, but how you speak in text and... I do weird things like spell out the whole word. <laughs> it did not look like it came from the same person. No. So, and I was still logged into her computer because I thought we were besties. Uh, yeah, you would just, like, went over to her house or yeah. something. Yeah, it was really, really ugly. It was, it was very, very, very upsetting. I lost who I thought was my best friend, but turns out she wasn't. And now I have my for realsies best friend, which is Clay. So we got married when we were about nine. I was 19 and you were 18. Yeah. It was six months after I graduated. Yeah. As soon as we could, we got married so that we could be together all the time. And we've been together ever since. This year we'll be married 13 years. And we don't have any children and we don't want any children. <laughs> but we have lots and lots of fur kids. Yeah, we got enough cats. We've got plenty of cats. And plenty of dogs. We got plenty of dogs, too. We love our animals. 
And Clay's a really good, good, good pet daddy. And it's funny because every now and then he'll pop out with a dad joke. And I'm like, who are you having a, an affair with that you've got a kid somewhere? Because you are straight up a dad. We have kids. We do have kids. They're, they're dogs, though. That, that is enough to give me the dad joke juice. The dad joke juice? Yeah. Oh, man. Is it orange juice? No. What is it? I don't know. I was trying to think of a dad joke about it, but I don't think there's any sort of dad-related liquid I want to talk about. Oh, no. <laughs> dad liquid. That's disgusting. I hate that. So, with my favorite guests and all of my guests and everybody, I love to play a little game called Would You Rather. Have you ever heard of it? Yes, of course. Okay, so I'm going to ask you one, and then you ask me one, okay? Okay. And then we'll also discuss it in between. Okay. Okay. Would you rather be able to read minds or to be able to move things with your mind? Can I turn off the mind reading? No. It's oh, always, no. Yeah, always, no, see, that's always. no good. There's definitely some people's minds I don't want to read. It's intrusive AF. How strong is is the telekinesis, the moving things with my mind? It's, it's relative. I mean, you don't have, like, superhuman strength, but you could do anything you could do with your regular body. Like, if you could lift something that was 200 pounds, you could do that. Like, you could sit on the couch and be like, I want to move that shelf. Probably going to have to go with that one then, because I don't want to just listen to ambient thoughts. I got enough of my own ambient thoughts to sift through. Have you seen, well, you don't have TikTok because you're stupid. Wow. <laughs> those uh, those intrusive thoughts where it's like, oh, I'm going to walk you. Like, I should jump off that ledge. Oh, yeah. It's the call true. of the void. Yes, the call of the void. Now, imagine that with, you know, a 1,600-degree oven door that's open. You're just like, man, I could, like, Superman right in there. Isn't that weird? And anytime <laughs> I see a show, like, in American Horror Story, the guy goes into the cremation chamber with the girl, and I'm just like, oh, how long did it take him to die? That's horrible. Uh, realistically, if, like, somebody just chucked me into an oven, my death would be almost immediate. That's horrible. Yeah. Well, your body would go into shock within... I imagine two seconds tops. Oh, thank God for that. Yeah, it's it's hot in there. Okay, so how about a would you rather for you? Okay, I'm I'm down. Let's do this. Okay, would you rather be able to turn invisible or have the power of invisibility uh, or the power of flight? Okay, so if I'm invisible, can I turn it like off and on? Yes. Do I have to be naked? Like, are my do my clothes go invisible too? Uh, no, the only thing that goes invisible is your outermost layer of skin. Oh shit! So I'm just like walking around like a like a, a Mr. Good <laughs> like a Mr. Goodbody. I hate that. Um, okay, so what's the drawbacks to flight? Do I have wings, or can I just like soar? Dra- drawback is is susceptible to a lot of different sort of ideas. I, I'm going to need something more specific. So, like, could I fly long distances, or is it directly related to my health and ability to go long distances? Because your girl's a chub. It is related to your own ability. Hmm. I still think I'd rather that than just be a walking flesh golem. Okay, so final answer on that? Uh, You know what? I'm going to hate myself, but yes. Okay. It's weird that you would pick that, though, because, you know, then your arms would be feathered bird wings and you'd lose opposable thumbs. Like always? Yeah. That's the only way you're going to fly. I can't turn that off and on? No. Damn. Oh, you asked a question you should have asked, but you didn't. Wow. It's going to be hard to wipe your ass and everything. (laughs) At least with the power of invisibility. That's what I got you for, baby. (laughs) I say, at least with the power of invisibility, you get laser beams. That's dope. Yeah. Oh, I could do so much cool shit. Nobody would be mean to me. Well, you could have, but you chose flight. I could have. You chose to have bird wings for arms. 
We'll be right back with more Vet Candy. Vet Candy Life is a talk show hosted by well-being gurus, Dr. Quincy Hawley and Renee Michelle. Each episode features expert tips, lifestyle advice, and real-life experiences from the most interesting people in the world. Check it out on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and more. Would you rather walk in on your parents or have them walk in on you? Oh, Jesus. Yeah, I don't even need any question for this. That first option is such a horrid sort of appalling, non-Euclidean thought <laughs> to have. I don't care what I'm doing. They can walk in on me. Even if you're pooping? Even if I'm pooping. What if you're, like, playing with Warhammer, army men? Well, that might be a little bit more embarrassing than if they walked in on, on me pooping or having sex or something. Who are you having sex with? Wow. Wow. <laughs> Put me on blast like that. I keyed, I keyed. Well, I mean, you just talked about Warhammer. Everybody knows I'm not having any sex. <laughs> <laughs> I know. We've already talked about, like, having a whole bunch of cats, playing video games, and playing Warhammer. <laughs> I mean, we're pretty much in cells. We're just married. So, Clay, would you rather have to listen to an annoying laugh all day long or to be tickled for an hour. It's time to put you on blast. I'd rather listen to an annoying laugh all day long because I already do it. Whoa, oh, I yeah, do have an annoying on. laugh. No, you don't. I'm just fucking with you. He's not. I have an annoying laugh, and now I'm going to go cry. See, I can't even make a joke. <laughs> <This> is... <laughs> I do sometimes listen to my recordings, and I'm like, oh, my God. This podcast is a hell on planet bullshit. <laughs> the galaxy of this sex camel dicks. <laughs> Would you rather... I already know the answer to this one, but just for funsies. Would you rather never be able to take a hot shower again or never be able to eat fried food again? See, I feel like you're trying to get me. Are these both because I've become uh, immaterial? Immaterial? Yeah. Like, like are you just floating energy? Like I'm a ghost. Oh, that'd be cool. Ghost husband. <laughs> Go medium. Because if I was a ghost, I couldn't take a hot shower or eat fried food or whatever the second one was you said. Yeah, I can't eat fried food ever again. Or you can never, ever take a hot shower again. But if you're just a ball of energy... I have no need for for human fried food, much less hot showers. I always have a need for fried food. Yeah, I would too, actually. Being a ball of just energy would suck ass. It would. He's like, ooh, I don't have worldly needs anymore. Oh, look at me. You need to get fucked. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Jesus. Yeah, I'd, I'd sooner take cold showers for the rest of my life than give up fried food. Same. And you pretty much do take cold showers because I always use all the hot water. It's true. You do use all the hot water. I don't mind cold showers, though, because, you know, after working in the crematory all day, a cold shower feels nice. Yeah, some some days, and especially where we live regionally, it's hot and not in a good way. It gets like 115 degrees inside of inside of the back there during yeah. the summers. It's oh, yeah, for sure. exceedingly At hot. least... It's, I mean, a 9,900-degree day is nothing down here. It's just kind of like, oh, yeah, whatever. Would you rather give up alcohol for the rest of your life or give up dairy products for the rest of your life? Alcohol. I love cheese. I can live without alcohol, but I can't live without cheese. Okay, so if you get wounded, you can't, like, clean? I don't care. Okay. Fair. Give me the cheese. 
And it's like, I'm so, we have to amputate your leg. And I'll be like, but do you got any Gouda? <laughs> <laughs> Give me some of that Gouda. Give me some of that Gouda shit, doc. Give me some of that Gouda, Gouda. I was like yesterday years old when I learned saying some of that good, good referred to drugs. I just thought it was something cute that you say. I was like, oh, I'm going to get me some of that good, good. And I was like, oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> like party, I guess. Party, I guess. Uh, yeah, I guess like. Didn't know circles you were cool. back around to the whole you were very Catholic. I was. Yeah, I was, was very Catholic. There's a lot of stuff you didn't know until I came around. Wow. Like and share for more. <laughs> I, I was a terrible influence. I was. But I'm better for it because you're the best thing that's ever happened to me and I love you more than anybody. <laughs> you can't just sit there making faces. This is an audio medium. I was making some very good faces. Well, it's a good thing that I'm like several continents away so you can't hit me. <laughs> yeah, you are still in Antarctica, aren't you? Yeah. Well, when are you coming home? I don't know. <laughs> what Y'all dropped me off here. I don't know when I'm coming home. I thought y'all had that figured out. Well, this is my Valentine's gift to me. <laughs> Just me and the Witcher. Oh, hey. So, other other fun story. When we first got married, we agreed you get one celebrity that you can cheat on me with, and it doesn't count. I will encourage it. I will help you. <laughs> If possible. Mine was David Bowie, who has unfortunately passed away. Shut up, Clay. Yours is Jennifer Aniston, who is still here. So I feel quite threatened. (laughs) Yeah, you can't replace him. Yeah, I can. No, you can't. That wasn't talked about before prior. I'm going to swap out right now then. Okay, who are you swapping for? I have only eyes for you. Oh, shut up. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> I think mine would have to be Geralt of Rivia. Wait, so not not Henry Cavill, who plays Geralt no, of Rivia, no, like, but Geralt I, of Rivia himself. Him, him specifically. Henry Cavill so as Geralt of Rivia. So a fictional character. Yes. Because nobody real can be you, baby. Oh, wow. So you turned it back on I me. I did. I did the thing. Uh, Dr. McExtra was watching The Witcher last week. On his lunch break, I had gone to ask him about a prescription in his office. And I said, oh, that Geralt of Rivia, I drank his bath water. God. And he was like, ew. <laughs> I'm like, that's nothing, Doc. That's nothing. I like that he says, ew, after the things that I've heard him say. <laughs> like and follow for more. Yeah. I just make fun of him because I got that that big, like, 30-gallon tank of bull semen in his office. Yes, so we see large and small animals. So it's not uncommon for him to have a tub of bull and or horse semen. (laughs) And it is so hard to be mature when someone calls and says, hey, did y'all get my semen? (laughs) I'm like, Doc, did we get the semen in? We get the semen? We get the semen? Because sometimes we're 12. We'll be right back with more Vet Candy. Hi, this is Dr. Jessica Turner, and I want to tell you about my new show, Living Well with Dr. Jessica. We talk about life, love, and living your healthiest life. Check it out on Vet Candy Radio or a podcast platform of your choice. Well, Clay, this has been really, really fun. I'm sure I'll see you soon whenever you get home from Antarctica. Here's the chopper. I probably should go before they leave. I'll I'll see you at the house later tonight. Bye, Clay.
Bye, I love you. Hopefully he's back before Valentine's Day. I really hope he got me a present. I got him a present. I would tell you what it is, but I have a feeling he's listening. So that's gonna do it for today. This has been a fantastic show. Thank you so much for listening to me and thanks so much for being here. I love sharing these stories with you. If you enjoyed the show, please hit that subscribe button. You can always find me on BetCandy and TikTok at DeskBlanche. Send me your crazy stories to thedeskwinch at gmail.com. And until next time, make it a great day. It's Vet Candy. Vet Candy. Vet Candy. It's Vet Candy Radio.